the late Horatio Strafford, his family was on a vessel sailing across the Atlantic as he waited at home, only to receive a letter, all is lost at sea, his family, as he awaited the return of his family. Having heard that news, he wrote, when peace like a river, attend of my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. <coughs> what would it take to shape your faith and to cause you to abandon the Lord Jesus. That's what we just sang. People sing this hymn at funerals. And it is really not well with their souls. But we trust that these hymns would spur us on to be faithful. Turning to Leviticus. We read in Leviticus 23, Verses 23 through 25, these words. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and holy convocation, you shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. This chapter, Leviticus 23, lists the appointed feast days in Israel that were appointed at Sinai back in Exodus chapter 23. These memorials were so important in the Jewish economy that God mentions them in four of the five books of Moses. He repeats himself again and again. All the feast days were to be kept as a sign to Israel, directing them to their Messiah. We will not be doing a systematic study of the feast days we are doing a survey highlighting four feasts mentioned in Leviticus 23 and will bring a specific attention to the third feast, the one I have read, the blowing of the trumpets. Many of the major feast days of Israel are kept to some extent by the Jewish people but they cease to have any meaning in a spiritual way because all but one found fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why I have chosen the one with the trumpet. We all know the others. The Passover was fulfilled on the very day Jesus was crucified to the letter that the Jews were so busy to get him off the cross by a certain time. 
they did not have a clue what they were doing. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus and Mary and a few others knew. But most of them that were celebrating did not have a clue. It is sad. Pentecost was fulfilled in Acts 2 to the letter. When God began the ingathering of souls, 3,000 in one day, one sermon by a fisherman, not a scholar, a fisherman. God was humbling the establishment of the Jewish religion to show that he built his kingdom with ordinary men. You should, not, you should never despise an ordinary man and his preaching. All the feast days was part of the ceremonial law and they all directed worshipers to Jesus. We begin our survey in Leviticus 23, 1 and 2. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Very noticeably, the scriptures state that these feast days were the Lord's feasts. I hope you notice this very carefully. They are called the feasts of the Lord. Again, in verse two, we read, even these are my feasts. There are the Lord's feasts because he has a particular person in view. At times, many of us think that the things that God has ordained is the church's program or the pastor's gig. The church has worship services. There are the Lord's worship services, not the churches. The church has Bible study and prayer services. There are the Lord's. The church has missionary endeavors. There are the Lord's missionary endeavors, not pacitate. We should never, and we should always treat them that way. We should treat every given spiritual assignment as the Lord's. When we come to this pulpit, it is the Lord's pulpit. It's not pacitate's pulpit. I guard it, but it is not my pulpit. The feast day articulated is the Passover, which coincided with the feast of unleavened bread. We read in verses four through eight with me quickly. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. In the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month, 
is the feast of unleavened bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. And the first day you shall have an holy convocation. You shall do no servile work, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Seven days. In the seventh day is an holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. Fire speaks of judgment. God is reminding his people in order to truly celebrate these feasts, there must be judgment. Somebody will be judged. And this, if it is not Jesus, it will be you or me if we are unsaved. First Corinthians 5, 7 and 8 tells us, Corinthians were abusing the Lord's table. And Paul, out of love, said, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. In the old dispensation, every Jew kept the physical Passover. But in the new covenant, only those who had their sins cleansed can truly partake in the Lord's Passover. The old covenant Passover was once every year. In the new, we remember the Lord's every day. Big difference. And while on this subject, I don't feel that one or two people should keep us hostage from the, taking the communion. We are revisiting, the COVID is gone. We are revisiting the ordinance. No matter how long we wait, we would never have a perfect communion. That is not my fault. I am asking people to prepare themselves and put away the sins of this church, the lateness, the abuse, the coming when we want, the skipping of special or regular church meetings, because I will not be passing the plate for people that don't come to prayer meeting. I, of course, I spoke to two men in St. Lucia about this, this, not that I'm following them, but I just wanted to hear their feel about it. But I just thought I would bring this in as a quick application. The second feast day that was to be memorialized was the Feast of Pentecost. It was called by two other names. It was called the Feast of First Fruits or the Feast of Weeks because it was numbered 50 days after the Passover. It was when the nation officially began their harvest in earnest at the beginning of harvest. Leviticus 23, Brother Colin, I'm sorry that I didn't let you read down to verse 11 because that's where the context ended. I would not have been upset with you if you had gone down there. It's not, it wasn't written in stone. But verses 10 and 11 says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, 
when ye be come into the land, which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest, and he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you on the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. By the way, do you tithe? Do you give of your substance? Do you give of your money? How much of your money is kept for yourself? Well, you should be tithing regularly from the top before anything is taken out. Taxes and all from the top. If you get $600 before taxes, tithe from that. If you're left with 400, you already pay your tithe. I've done this for most of my Christian life. And I never suffer anything, any want. All of my Christian life, Nathaniel Enoch. If dad gave you $10 a week allowance, no longer home of us, we dad for $10. Remember that dollar in Sunday school belongs to God. And that's what parents should be teaching their children. And I'm sure our friend in Ohio know that when I give her allowance, whether it be 20 or 30, where's your offering? This feast was fulfilled again to the letter. 50 days after the resurrection, in Acts chapter 2, 1 and 2, we are told, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a song from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. What a sight! Obediently, the disciples were in their place on the Lord's day. Today, people at City View Baptist Church monkey around and make excuses. If the fingernail hurt them, they can't come. I don't know who, I don't know what Bible are we studying and reading or listening to. I don't know. God is going to hold us accountable for a lot of things. And if we, if we think we're going to end up where we want to go, we are wrong. The Feast of First Fruits represented the first gathering of souls as a result of preaching the gospel. Two other feast days were given in Leviticus, the Feast of Trumpets, which I will consider, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which were the last two feasts that coincide together, verses 34 through 36. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. Seven days ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be an holy convocation unto you. 
and ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and ye shall do no servile work therein. It was a feast of tabernacles. <coughs> In John 7, 37, that the Lord stood up and cried, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What Jesus was saying was all of these years, all of these feasts, you were celebrating and you're still thirsty. And he made the call, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. I am the feast day, not the feast itself. I am that feast. You come to me for salvation. The Jews in those days were so incensed with hatred for their Messiah that they did not even recognize him to be the one that Moses wrote about. And this can happen to us. But we want to speak of the Feast of Trumpets because it points to Judgment Day. The Feast of Trumpets was a joyful celebration which marked the end of the year and ushered in a new year. And here you see the typology. It represents the end of time and the beginning of eternity. Today the Jews call it Rosh Hashanah. Of course, these days has no more significance. The blowing of the trumpet in those days was practical, practically and religiously significant. First, it was a day of rest. No work was to be done, verse 24 and 25. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets and holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Second, it was to be memorialized. Whenever we read this injunction, it should be a memorial forever. It means that a superior event was forthcoming. Third, this ordinance was holy, a holy convocation, separated. The word means assembly or meeting. It was not for everyone and their cousin. It was a day of atonement. No one was to do any form of work because it would imply that they are working for grace. Fourteen days later, the Feast of Tabernacle was observed. No work was to be done. A day is coming when men will cease from all their labors. And I pick out a verse to read quickly with you, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 through 7. And if you care to, you can turn there with me. Ecclesiastes 12, 
1 through 7. And there we read, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened. And the bees, by the way, these are light bearers that speak of the gospel and its proclamation. There, uh, there will be a time when the gospel will be dim. And I am I am not I would not be surprised if we are not living in those days when the gospel is dim, even in our church. People have become blind to the gospel in our day. Nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. And by the way, the keepers of the house are ministering servants, such as I am. They will tremble to see what is going on in their church. And the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease, because there are few. And those that look out of the windows be darkened, and the doors shall be shut in the streets when the song of the grinding is low, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird, and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets, or ever the silver cord be loose, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Sobering, sobering reminders of the end of time. Brethren, this is the overview of Leviticus 23, but I will look more detail at the Feast of Trumpets in the last few minutes, showing three things, the specifics of the feast, second, the spiritual implications of the feast, and three, the warning to professing Christians today. Specifics surrounding the feast. Throughout the Feast of Trumpets, the congregation of Israel were called together when the trumpet was blown. You know, there were different songs of the trumpet, but there were special songs that the people knew. And I hope you know the difference between other trumpets and the specific trumpet. I hope you know, and you should teach your children these things. If people were in the fields or at the mill, they were called together. Verse 28 and 29, and you shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make an atonement for you before the Lord your God. For whatsoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. 
The Feast of Trumpets marked the end of harvest. It also signaled the final feast day of the 15th day, Feast of Tabernacles. The trumpet song was to alarm or to warn the people of preparation. This day, as I said, is called today Rosh Hashanah. was to remind the Jews of repentance, to seek cleansing, and to seek the Lord's presence. These feast days were good. God in his love give them to his people. Of course, this feast day has no meaning in the Jewish system. The feast of Trumpets typified the sending forth of the gospel. It was a joyful song. As the psalmist says, blessed is he that knows the joyful song. We sing the hymn about the joyful song. Jesus says, All of the feast days the Lord Jesus celebrated, of all of them that he celebrated, we do not read him celebrating this one so much because of the significance of it, which I will get to. God will gather the church together on the day of his coming. We will be called together. So these are just some brief specifics, brethren, of this day. But I want to move on quickly to the spiritual implications of the Feast of Trumpets. The Jewish blowing of trumpets, as I said, ushered in the new year. But the spiritual implication is that both the Feast of Trumpets and Tabernacles direct us to eternity. Now, young children, boys and girls, you were in this class this morning, but eternity is eternity, where you will be someplace forever and ever and ever. When the old world will vanish and Christ would return for his elect. The Bible speaks many times of the trumpet. 1 Corinthians 15, 52. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. The we here is the believer. Paul included himself. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Are these fairy tales? Are these things to scare people, scare tactics? No, this is the gospel. If all the other fee feast days were fulfilled, what makes us think in the new dis dispensation that this one will not be fulfilled? Is God lying to us? The world and the church go on their merry way along until the day of the Lord comes suddenly upon them. Matthew 24, 31. 
And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. You know, the doctrine of the second coming, people don't like to talk about it. I think about it every day, about judgment. I remember one of my dream, I had this dream, the Lord come back, and I was still in my bed. I said, wait a minute. What, what am I doing? It was a dream. It was a silly dream that I had. I remember when the famous radio evangelist predicted a time. I looked through the window in the morning, nothing happened. That's why we have to be careful in listening to men. Study the scriptures for yourself. Don't care how good men are in their exegesis, they may be wrong. And a lot of people made decisions selling their property and they are now as poor as a dormouse because they did not exercise wisdom to save for a rainy day. Now I'm not telling you to hoard, but exercise wisdom in what you're doing. So we must not view these feast days as Jewish tradition. God did not only give the Jews his word, he gave it to the church also. Let us not make the same mistake and overlook the central figure of history, the Lord Jesus. Incidentally, by the time the Lord came, these feast days were so overrun by apostasy that they were no longer called the Lord's feast days. Every time you read, and the Jews pass over, and the Jews feast. Why? Because they had turned it that way. And you better be careful that you do not turn the Lord's day into your day. Because Sunday now would be your day. And many people in this church ignore my warnings. If God dealt so severely with them that he called the Passover, uh, uh, the Jews Passover, he was done with them because he had come. I'll get back to this. I've shown you the this feast, some specifics of the feast. Second, some spiritual implications surrounding the Feast of Trumpets, we come finally to the significant warning to Christians today. The feast days of the Jews, as I said, had become so ritualistic that they were no longer called in the New Testament the Feast of the Lord, but the Feast of the Jews. Very deliberately, John said, and the feast of the Jews' Passover was at hand. Nevertheless, Jesus went up to the feast. And this is because how these rituals were treated. We alluded to the Holy Communion, the Lord's table. And I think that City View 
members should prepare themselves to celebrate the feast of Passover, the communion. I feel that some of us need to make right. If we have offended anyone, if we have a grudge with anyone, if we have backbite, backbited anyone, it's time to make it right. There's a lot of backbiting in this church. I cannot officiate over a table of devils. A lot of talking, dragging down the name of ministers, watch it. There's a significant warning to Christians in these feasts. Let us not be materialistic and ritualistic. It can happen to us today what happened. David said, let their table be made a snare and a trap. Let them bend over backwards. The same table that was met, as a matter of fact, he says, let that which was met for their welfare be, I don't remember the word. You can read it in Romans 11, that which was met for their welfare. The, 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 the feast days, the sacrifices, the Lord's Supper is meant for our welfare. And you should pay attention to what I'm saying. I can only talk about what I see and mostly what I hear. And I would address it from the pulpit. What are some of the warnings to us today? from the commemorating of these feast days. Well, what are some of the applications to draw? Well, the blowing of the trumpet called the camp to gather together. Even in Babylonian times, the heathen caught this concept when they were worshiping their false deities. Remember in Daniel 3 verse 15, now, if you be ready, that at the time, what time you hear the song of the cornet, same thing, the flute, the harp, the sockbuck, the wall street, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? What Nebuchadnezzar didn't know is that there was a savior. But these words, even though they are ridiculous, they are true in the spiritual context. Whoever would not bow and worship the true God would be cast in the, the midst of the fiery furnace. They are true, spiritually. Understand the gospel is here in this text. With this wicked man, he was enunciating a gospel truth. And God isn't making no fun. And these men was in there. And when he looked, he saw a fourth person. And he said, it looks like the son of God. 
because he endured hell for us. You notice how these sacrifices were to be burnt with fire? Here again we see fire. It speaks of judgment. And you children, it's like pulling teeth to get some of you to come to church. You don't understand. It's like fighting with children, begging them to go to the youth retreat, pressurizing their parents. Our parents are training their children to be citizens of the world. We can't even muster anyone to play an instrument. Sometimes I go in these white people church, I see from young. I told you we went in this house and this special child memorized over a thousand hymns. Those people will always outdo us because they invest in the lives of their children. We invest, yeah. But we invest the wrong way. Every child now a bombarding calling. The parent won't learn to drive. Why don't we learn to do something else? Yes, I said it. Wanna learn to drive. I told Colin, there are other driving schools out there. You're a deacon of this church. You need to tell them that. Let's get personal now. Nothing wrong with learning to drive. But half of the time those learning to drive don't care a lick about this church. When nobody used you like that. Yes, you heard it from you, Pastor. The heathen has their cue when called to worship. When you hear the music come wonderfully, the three Hebrew boys did not follow this cue. The trumpet song was to gather the Lord's people to worship. Numbers 10, verse 3. And when they shall blow, with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Today in the church, we do not look for a trumpet. We hear the Lord's voice from his word when it is spoken to gather God's people to worship. Second, the blowing of the trumpet warns the church of the day of judgment. Also, Paul said, for if the trumpet given on certain song, who shall prepare himself for the battle? <coughs> so likewise, you, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. Paul was addressing the speaking of, of tongues, a phenomenon that occurred only in the church at Corinth, but cease after. The trumpet is the gospel song, the warning. Is the song clear? That's what Paul is saying. He's liking this song, that song, to words coming from the mouth of our lives and our mouths. If our words and our living is not clear in the lives of our people, no one will prepare for the battle. Don't ever become 
in a situation where the people of God don't want to hear you. Because your life is so inconsistent with what you're saying. And I'm very picky about who I listen to. We can become like this because our song is uncertain. It's not match with a convicted life. Who will prepare for the battle if our words and our living is not clear? The blowing of the trumpet called the camps gathering. The blowing of the trumpet warns the church of the day of judgment. Our message ought to prepare people for the battle. Our speech should be one of grace, seasoned with salt. Let's bow and pray. Holy Father, we're thankful for the commitment of our sister Dorian Dennis. Day in, day out. We can depend on her fearful presence. And now, Lord, we pray that you will grant her strength, help where she would quickly recover and where she would even remember some of the things that is said this evening. We commit the evening to you. We pray, O oh Lord, for your mercy and your grace that it will prevail. We pray you will bless your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We're dismissed tonight. <laughs>